Good morning. Welcome to the firehouse. Would you have everybody come on back and we'll get started with some worship. <laughs> In case you don't know, my name is Jeremy Triggs. Um, I usually am up here on Sunday mornings, but I am so grateful this morning that you guys were able to lead us in worship this morning. It's, it's a good thing to worship with your family, and I actually feel like I worked out a lot more being out there carrying around my son than I would ever being up here playing guitar. So uh, anyway, um, I'm excited to be here this morning and to share with you what God has put on my heart. And um, in case you didn't know, as Greg said earlier, I'm the deacon of worship And uh, this morning we're going to go through the topic of worship. And a couple of the things that are going to be on our agenda are just going to be, uh, I'm going to selfishly look back and say, what is worship? And uh, I say selfishly because I think as a worship leader, sometimes it's easy for me to forget, um, what is worship really all about? So we're going to look at that. We're also going to look at um, just how do we worship? And then lastly, we're also going to look at how does that translate into a Sunday morning worship singing session. So, um, But first, before we go into that, um, I'm pretty sure uh, when the pastors came to me and they asked me to teach her on this Sunday, I'm pretty sure they knew that I had this whole topic figured out really well. And, uh, you know, it so happens it's true. Um, I do have it all figured out. Um, in fact, I uh, recently wrote a new book. Uh, it's called I'm Awesome at Worshiping God and, his o- and Only His Name. No, really, I'm amazing. Uh, it's in the back. It's for sale if you want to buy it. $29.95. Um, No, (laughs) honestly, um, my wife will be, maybe not the first to tell you, but she might think in her head, I'm going to embarrass you, that, um, you know, I'm not the first to proclaim worship uh, when every little thing happens. And I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And, um, you know, I tried the the best I can to, to put God first and... And this topic is actually a really good one for me to listen to, too. So I, I just hope and pray that this will um, teach, uh, touch your heart as, as well as it did mine. So let's just pray here, and we'll get started. And um, yeah, God, we just thank you for this morning. God, we do just want to praise your name here. God, we want to give you all the glory that is due to your name. God, I admit that a lot of times this is, is not easy stuff. God, this is really hard. But God, constantly throughout the Bible, you are telling us to worship you and worship no other. And God, we just want to grasp a hold of that. What does that mean? God, help us to be better at it. Help us to get the, the meaning behind it, the, the heart behind it, God. Help us to be full of faith and not just faithful, God. God, we just ask that you would teach us here this morning. God, give us something new to apply to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, so I have this thing, yeah. Worship. So we already went through this. What is worship? How do we worship? And how does it apply to what we do on Sunday mornings? First of all, worship is a response. It's a a response in the good times. Um, To me, this is clearly the easiest form of worship. Uh, I have a verse from 2 Samuel 6, 14 and 15. It says, And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up brought up the ark of the lord with shouts and joy of joy and the blowing of ram's horns you know they were excited because they had just gotten the ark they were rejoicing in times of good you know we can rejoice in different things answered prayers events in our lives relationships just different things that go on in our life where we can attribute those things to god you know it's not uncommon you know, if something happens where uh, I recently got a raise and, and I think the first thing is out of, you know, my wife's and my, my lips is, praise God. And, and that's a good thing. God, God asked us to do that. Um, why do we do that? Whatever is, from James 1.17, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a a shifting shadow. All good things come from God, and He deserves the credit. Romans 8.28, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes for them. Jeremiah 29, oops, have I been not hitting the right thing? Whoops, backwards. Sorry. I forgot that it didn't. Anyway, um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, to, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for disaster, to give you hope and a future. Future and a hope. And then Psalm sixteen two. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. Worship is a response in the bad times. Um, this one is really hard for me. Uh, I'm easily controlled by my emotions, although it may not appear to be so. Um, I think when something goes wrong, it is my first inkling just to want to throw a pity party. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you're the same way, but um, that's the way I am. It's, it's really hard for me. And this part was really good for me to, to research. So um, in Job one eighteen verse 22, it says, While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their older brother's home. Suddenly, a powerful wind slept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed. And all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up and he tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground in worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, 
and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken away. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, that was convicting. <laughs> I have never had something like that happen. <laughs> but, man, that's a, that's a tough one to grasp. But we can have hard times. Maybe we're waiting on prayers to be answered. Maybe there's an event in our life like what happened to Job. Maybe there are trials, things that you're going through that you just don't understand. Maybe relationally, there's just things that people that you just don't quite get along with or you, you're having a hard time with and you just, it's really hard to worship in those times. But why should we worship God in those times? In James 1, 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. God is in control, and he is bigger than any bad thing that could happen to us. In 1 Peter 1.6, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. And John 16.33, I have told you all this, so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Uh, the third thing, worship is a response to remembering all that he has done. In Psalm seventy-seven, eleven, it says, But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. Reflecting on when God has come through, with us, through for us. Maybe it's remembering our salvation. Remembering the stories when God has answered prayers for us. Or when he's come through in, in a different situation. It builds our faith to remember those things. To remember what God has done for us. And uh, why should we do that? Um, Psalm 106.7 says, Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. Soon they forgot his many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against him at the Red Sea. You know, our forgetting can lead to unbelief and rebellion. And so, it's better to remember. And I've constantly said over and over again, for me, life is just a series of forgetting and remembering and the quicker I can be to remember, the sooner I can resist unbelief and rebellion. A couple of verses on that. Psalm 105.5, remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles, and the rulings he has given. Psalm 103.2, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Um, 
You know, last night when I went to bed, I prayed to God and I said, God, if there's anything that you want me to put in here tomorrow morning, just help me to think about it when I wake up. And this morning, God brought something to mind and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I feel like this is something that I can easily fall into. And I could have put it on the point before on 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 the bad times, but I chose to put it here in, in forgetting. Um, but just the, the, the idea that we need to beware of, of negativity. Um, I think a lot of times when I don't understand what God's doing or I forget about God, I can tend to be... Uh, Negative, <laughs> and it's actually a proven fact because uh, I'm in marketing, and there's a marketing statistic out there that says you are seven times more likely to talk about a negative experience than you are a positive one. And <laughs> we need to be careful. Um, negativity, being negative about things, talking negatively about people, it can bring us down. Um, not many of those times where we're being negative do they turn into worship and praise of God. <laughs> In fact, a lot of times it shows that maybe we don't trust God. It can bring us down, and if we aren't careful, the devil can use it to render us useless. We need to trust in God, and we need to purge things from our lives that help us to be negative. Um, for me, I think I was really going through a time of where I was struggling and I was um, just feeling really negative about things in life. And I, I came to the resolution that I needed to purge some things from my life that were really just leading me into negative thoughts and um, just constantly being felt like I was weighed down by the things of this world. And some things that I, I got rid of in my life, uh, one is I tried to stop reading so many different news stories throughout the day. It's, it's my number one reaction when I don't have something going on to just turn to the news and see what's going on there. And, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing every now and then, but I was consumed by it. I was always looking at the news. And the other thing is, is Facebook. And I was always on Facebook. And, you know, if seven times more likely to talk about something in a negative experience. I would say that's true of Facebook, too. Um, you know, it just started to weigh on me. And, and so I gave it up. And I can't tell you, I'm not here to tell you to give up Facebook. I'm just saying that for me, in my heart, it was helping me to not look at things negatively, negatively in life. And it helped me to, to, um, to look at God in a, in a different way, and and, and the the last thing that I gave up was, uh, well, I gave up my Xbox, but we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, anyway, beware of negativity. Um, really, search your heart. God will show you um, if if this might be something that you're struggling with, um, and He can help you. Um, so let's move on. That was just my little tie right there. Um, worship is a response to anticipating what is to come. 
You know, this one's a big one. Um, you know, we can, we can look at God's promises for us. We talked about earlier in Jeremiah 29, 11. He, hope, he gives us a hope and a future. We talked about salvation. One day we will be with God. Yeah, heaven. God will never leave us or forsake us. We really do have a lot to look forward to in heaven and in this life. And so, uh, why should we worship God in this? Romans 8.18 says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Looking forward helps us to have hope. 1 Corinthians 2.9 This is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen and no ear has heard. And no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. In Revelations 21, I love this. This is a picture of heaven. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And the sea was also gone. And I saw the whole city, the new Jerusalem, come down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and he will and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. All who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these belongings. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. That's a good thing to look forward to. Amen? Let's continue on here. Worship is also a right. And I know some of you guys are out there thinking, yeah, it's my right to worship who I please and when I please. And But honestly, I'm not talking about our right to worship who we please. I'm talking about his right to be worshipped. In Revelation 4.11 it says, You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. In Deuteronomy 32.4, He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does not do wrong. How just and upright he is. And in Luke 4, 8, Jesus replied, The scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So that begs the question. Isn't God a little egotistical? 
a little vain. I mean, he's like, guys, you got to worship me. I'm amazing. Um, but I have a question for you. What is humility? Um, I looked up a verse on dictionary.com. It's a modest opinion or estimate of one's own importance, rank, etc. I also looked up another translation of this in jeremysdictionary.com, which means having a right or true or correct view of your ability, importance, weaknesses, and limitations. So if that is true, that, if that is what humility is, um, God is actually the most humble being in the universe. <laughs> Everything he says is true. Everything he says is correct. Everything he says is right. He's not egotistical. It's all true. <laughs> so... We have no, nothing to do but worship him. Um, that's a good one for me too. It is true. And lastly, uh, oh, I wanted to mention too on that part. God is the most humble being in the universe. But you know what? He doesn't actually need our worship. It says in Luke 1940, he says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. God will get his worship, whether it's from us or whether it's from nature. The stones will cry out if we don't do it. (laughs) And I I think that's just amazing because to me, I'm just like, that's pretty awesome. I would love to hear a stone crying out. Uh, that would be worship to my ears. <laughs> but God is a jealous God. He does not want half-hearted people worshiping him. He says, you must worship no other God for the Lord, who is very, whose very name is jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. We are to worship no other God but him. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. 1 John 5, 21. So that's just not talking about God's, you know, God's. It's talking about anything that can take, take away God's place in your heart. That means yourself. Um, you know, the I'm so amazing part at the beginning. Um, That's a form of worship. You worship yourself. And there are lots of things we can worship in this world. But God wants us to worship only him. Because he is the only one who is actually deserving. And God is serious about this. That's one thing I definitely notice throughout my research. In all the verses throughout the Bible. Is how many times God says, do not worship any other gods. And it happens throughout all of Kings, Deuteronomy, basically there are books and books and books about kings and all it says about them is whether or not they worshipped other gods or not. <laughs> and it says, if they did, then they did what was evil in the Lord's sight. And if they didn't, they did what was good in the Lord's sight. I know you've read those books before in Kings. 
And, and it's true. God is serious about it. So let's move on. Now we know a lot, I definitely didn't cover all of it, of what worship is and why we worship. But how do we worship? Uh, one thing we can do is give thanks. You know, it is Thanksgiving this next week. It is that time of year when we all give thanks to the Lord for all he has given us. But I'm talking about something that is <laughs> all the time. It's a life of worship. It's a life of giving thanks. We need to be giving thanks for all those good things that he does for us. And we need to be grateful in the hard times. You know, it's, it's easy to take God and the goodness that he does for granted. So let's not do that. We can remember what he has done. That reflecting upon, you know, things in the past. Uh, those are good things. They build our faith. They help us to know where we've been and know that God can, is in control and he can, can take care of things in the future. This is an important one. Be joyful. In Psalm 100 verse 2 says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. I like that one. We can worship God with our time and our money. You know, it has been said, a wise scholar said, you are what you eat. It is also true that we show who or what we worship by what we spend our time on, what we spend our money on. Um, you know, God, God asks for our time. And, and when we spend time with him through prayer, through reading his word, it gives him worship. And, and for me, getting rid of those things like, you know, news sources or Facebook or, or the Xbox, those were things that just sucked my time. And I needed to get them back in order to give it back to God. And um, I just want to encourage you, how are you spending your time? Are you spending more time on a certain thing than you are spending time reflecting on any of these things, giving thanks to God, reflecting on God, being joyful? Uh, how do you spend your time? And that's a challenging thought, but it's a good one, <laughs> if I say so myself. It was given to me, and I need to remember that as well. Because despite getting rid of these things, I can still have things that suck my time. Um, our speech and our thoughts. We need to praise Him out loud. Our speech needs to be honoring to God. You know, out of our heart is what our mouth speaks. And if, if you're finding that, you know what, I just realized that maybe, maybe I'm not speaking positively or, you know, you fall into that negativity trap. Um, that's a reflection of our heart. And, and we need to worship God with our speech, with the way we talk to each other. 
and with the thoughts that we think in our head. Because those affect the words that come out of our mouth. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> Sometimes you can't stop your head before it comes out of your mouth. But that's not the point. Lastly, we have our actions. In Romans 12.1 it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I please plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that we find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. He says it right there. This is truly the way to worship him. How? By letting our lives be a living and holy sacrifice for him. And that's in our actions. That's the things that we do. That's the choices that we make every day. We have to make choices to follow him and to worship him. And another one, Mark 12, 30 verse 31, 30 through 31. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No one, no other commandment is greater than these. We need to love. Love is actually an action. It's not a feeling or this thing out there. It's, it's an action. It's doing something about that love. It's serving somebody. So we need to be worshiping God with our actions. Uh, before we do that part, um, you know, I know we all have an idea of what it is to worship. Um, I don't think I know of any greater example than a real gung-ho football fan. (laughs) Um, It gets crazy. Uh, You know, they decorate their entire house in their team's gear. They, They go to all the games. They spend all sorts of money. They, every action that they speak about Football all the time. They speak about their team. And I can fall into this too. I I really like the Denver Broncos, you know. Um, But after God teaching me this, maybe I should be a little bit careful. Because it can become worship. And those guys, when they get out there on the field, they scream and they yell. And they somehow think that they're going to have an effect on the game. Even while you're at home in front of your TV, you're like, I'm going to affect this game with my cheers. Do you think that God gets jealous of that? Even at concerts, you know, I love to go to concerts. Even not Christian concerts. <laughs> um, but you see a whole crowd of people lifting their hands to whatever this guy is singing about. And most of the times it's, it's nothing important. <laughs> Uh, I, I can fall into that as well. So how does that translate to this Sunday mornings? We need to sing. I, I don't know why, but constantly throughout the Bible there are, are, are instances of worship as being singing. And uh, oh, those verses are Everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises. 
shouting your name in glorious song. And in Psalm 150, let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's a time that we, as a community, can step out and worship God together. Um, you know, there's something to say about doing it at home, in your bedroom, in your closet. But I think it's, in a way, it's kind of like um, baptism, where it's, it's a public pr- proclamation of, of how much we love God. Getting out and s- singing, praising, and petitioning God together. It's unifying. First um, Timothy 2.8 In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. It's unifying. When we lift our hands together, it means that we're unified and we're not conflict, we're not angry at each other or have conflict with each other. And I think it's just amazing too how when you have music that is good and together like harmony it's a beautiful thing do you agree do you like music at all it's it's a beautiful thing to have that harmony and those instruments just go perfectly well together and and you know everybody has different tastes in music but i can assure you that when we sing to god and we sing with hearts that are focused on him it's beautiful to god and it, and it goes together, and I don't know if you notice, but sometimes when I'm up here and I'm leading worship, and there will just be times at the end of songs where I will just will be singing, and I'll step away from the mic, and I just hear all you guys singing, and it blesses my soul. It really does. And just hearing everybody together proclaiming God, it's an awesome thing. Keep moving along here. We're almost done. (laughs) It can be a reflection of our personal life, our personal worship life. You know, this is not always the case. I don't think that this is for everybody. But if you feel like you're having a really hard time on a Sunday morning worshiping God, I I think you need to really take a step back and, and look at your personal life and say, do I feel like I'm worshiping God in other areas? Do I feel like I'm trending that way? If, if things are going wrong or if things are right, am I giving him praise? And so that could be something that would help you when you come here on Sunday morning to, to help to, it to be more of a beautiful sound. You know, it says with, without love, it's like a clanging gong. And, and, and if you had like a band and you just had somebody in the side and they were just like clanging a gong and there were, you know, there was nothing in that song that called for a gong. It was a really slow song and somebody's just like over there, you know, banging away at that thing. That would be distracting. And I think it's the same case if, if you come here on a Sunday morning and, you know, you just, you just look like you're angry. You just, I mean, that can be noticed by people and, and it's like, I think that can be a distraction. Or you're singing louder than everybody else and you're trying to be heard. Uh, I think that can be a distraction. We need to be unified together 
in that singing. So let's continue on. It's also, for me, this is really important. It's a good practice. It's a good reminder for me to come here on Sunday morning and be like, ah, this is worshiping God, and I need to do this with every moment of my life. So my final thoughts, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you this is how you worship. Um, I gave you some ideas, some things that I came up with. Um, I'm talking about specifically here on Sunday morning. I'm not going to come here and tell you that we all have to lift our hands in praise. Uh, We all have to, you know, sing correctly. (laughs) Um, it, It is good to sing correctly, but... Uh, it helps without that distraction part. But if that's not a problem. It's about your heart. And, and when you come here and um, you sing with all your heart and you bring worship like that, I think it truly blesses people. And, and I'm not going to... I just want to reiterate that if we are earnestly seeking to make worshiping God more than just repeating the lines of a song. And it says in Isaiah 29, 13, and says, And so the Lord says, These people will say they are mine, they are honoring me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote or habitually repetitious. So we need to be careful that we don't just come here and worship God with our lips, but that we also do it with our heart. Um, we also need to be careful not to stop worshiping. In Romans one twenty one, it says, Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't worship him as God or even give thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas about what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. And last... We need to be still. Um, sometimes I feel like some of the greatest worship times I have were where I'm just take a moment from all the chaos and just be still and listen to God. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. So I just want to encourage you. Um, I don't know where you're at. Um, but I just hope that you might take some time this week, today, as an action point to really think about what is my worship life like personally at home? What's it like at church? What kind of things could I do to improve? We know that God is deserving. We know that He um, is, yeah, He's, he's perfect, He's amazing. He needs, deserves our worship, Lord. So, lastly, I just want you to talk to somebody about it. Um, you know, maybe tell somebody your struggles of, of what, what you're struggling with worship-wise at home. Maybe it's negativity or maybe it's just, uh, you know, I just have a really hard time trusting God in this situation and, and praising Him through this hard time. But also what, you know, what we just plan to change, um, This is a good thing. Worship is a good thing. And I desire to be better at it. So I hope you all come along with me and 
we can be shoulders, we have the weights lifted off them, and we can worship God together. And uh, I thank you just for coming this morning and, and listening to my ramblings. And uh, I pray that yeah, God would use us in your hearts and lives. And let's just pray to close the time here. God, I do just pray, God, that you would help us each in our own life to, to go back and think and reflect upon what worship means to us, God, and maybe how we're doing, and God, what things we can change. God, this is, this is what our life is all about, God. You've, you've given us so graciously. God, you are fully deserving of our worship. And God, we just want to worship you with all of our hearts. God, we don't want to let our hearts be divided by different things, by other gods. But God, that we would focus solely on you. And we know that we're going to fail. And we're going to fail over and over. But God, we just pray. We just know that we're forgiven. We just pray that we continue to move forward in learning to worship you better. In Jesus' name, amen.